Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Howdy, and welcome to the Wiki Shuffle podcast. <laughs> My name's Jack, I'm joined by Chris. Hello. And Phil. Hello. We're just glossing over howdy, are we? We're glossing over, Okay, yeah, it's yeah. best to. <laughs> uh, we are recording on in the hottest week of the year, and it is so hot. I reserve the right to be completely miserable towards anybody for any reason at any time. That'll make a change. <laughs> <laughs> I will say you do both look very sweaty. Yeah, I'm not sweaty at this particular moment, but I think I've just sort of embedded the look. Mm. I've been very sweaty. There's different sweaty. types of people here. Like, you're both sweaty people. I don't want to big myself too up. I've got a bit of a golden tan going on. Yeah, I'm yeah. quite fine. I'm quite fine with this level. I could live you in You enjoy it, don't you? I love yeah. it. I'm a bit of a uh, sunwash. You're a Benadorn boy at heart. Oh, yeah. I was in saying to Phil on my way over um, that I can't wait to the point where I get to wear a dad vest. I just go mm. to the shops. Just a dad vest. Brilliant. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> I can see it now. I'm surprised you haven't started that already. No, I've been close to it. Anyway, for um, for our overseas listeners, you will probably laugh, but it has reached the heady heights of 34 degrees Celsius here. Uh, for Americans, that's what? 90s? Somewhere in the 90s. I have no idea. Yeah. No go, go on an online conversion site and figure it out. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's the hottest day in nine years last week. Yeah, I think that was it. So we do have the windows open, and you may hear children playing or dogs barking or any of those awful things. So um, that's just a, a warning. <laughs> Caution! <laughs> Caution! You may witness some fun. Not so, in this house. <laughs> yeah, I should probably explain the show for first-time listeners. This is Wiki Shuffle. We shuffle Wikipedia, and by that I mean we press the random article button on Wikipedia, and we talk about whatever it throws up. Yeah. Anything else? No, I have no housekeeping this week. Okay, here we go. Brian Kendrick. Who's The that? Brian Kendrick. The Brian Kendrick. Oh, yeah. All right, now I'm excited. Don't know who Go is. on. Brian David Kendrick, born May 29th, 1979, is an American professional wrestler. Uh, uh, What's that noise? What is that noise? That's the sound of wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> that actually is kind of the sound of wrestling. I hate right? it. I hate wrestling. Why? 
because right I know I know what you're doing I know what the conversation's going down you're going to get me to say because a lot of grown men and all dressed up in costumes and then you're going to go <laughs> Batman and then this will start and so I've just ruined that for you like you've ruined the next ten, 10 minutes of my life of wrestling so, I haven't it's not my fault <laughs> I don't know I just don't like wrestling it's, I find it weird it's just a weird sport oh yeah it's very weird yeah did you not even like it as a kid no Phil Am I on my own here? You're pretty much on your own, yeah. Oh, no. I'll I'll guide you through, it's fine. Oh, thanks. Brian David Kendrick is an American professional wrestler. (laughs) American professor and wrestler. (laughs) Called the professor. And all he wears (laughs) is his lab coat and gold pants. (laughs) Copyright that, because I think that you could be onto something. He is currently working for the professional wrestling promotion WWE in its developmental territory, NXT, under the ring name, The Brian Kendrick. It's rubbish. <laughs> it is a rubbish which, name. Which, which, yeah. It's, it's, it's uh, not one of the greatest names of all time. Yeah, of all the professional wrestlers that could have come up, this is maybe not the most exciting one, but I'll take what I'm given. Well, yeah, the random article button knows no preference. Evidently, since we're talking about a fucking wrestler. <laughs> and we're talking... There's a lot here as well. Uh, get on with it. The sooner you get on with it, the sooner it'll be over. Good point. I'm going to read quickly. <laughs> Kendrick was born in Fairfax, Virginia. Ah, oh, Fairfax, Virginia. What do we think about that? <laughs> Fairfax. Where is Fairfax, Virginia? It's, it's in, in Virginia. Virginia. Oh, well, you know when a trap comes and you just go... <laughs> Another wrestling sound. It's in America. And is the son of Barbara Kendrick and the oldest of three children, a brother named Neil and a sister named Shannon. He later moved to Olympia, Washington, where he attended North Thurston High School in Lacey, Washington. That's in Dur- Washington, Chris. Good, thanks. During his senior year, he worked as a dishwasher in a pizza parlour while saving money to attend wrestling school. I did half of that. Wrestling school? Mm. The other half. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh in a pizza parlour? I did indeed. Which, which one was that? Uh, the Great Pizza Discovery in oh, Kettering. The Great oh. Pizza Discovery? That's yeah. not there anymore. It's not. Um, mm. It was a it was a themed pizza restaurant in, in Kettering. And it themed was, around what? It was all dolled up on the inside to look like... Um, it was really well done, actually. It was... Um, made to look like there was a booth that was shaped like a great big hot air balloon and another one like a what? boat so it was about exploring and oh. it, and it was my re- parents never took me there it was quite a thing it didn't do very well and it went out of business after right. about a year yeah. um, but I was working there for that period as a dishwasher dreaming of becoming a professional wrestler <laughs> it never had what would your wrestling name be There's... I think just the shaman would be good um my friend drew a picture of me as a wrestler and my wrestling name was the wiry forest i think oh the wiry forest uh, that's quite good uh, yeah is it it sounds like a unkempt pubic area to that me. was pretty much the the it was a play on body hair definitely yeah. um oh, is there a market for hairy wrestlers uh, <laughs> I don't know if there's a market. Well, there, the ones, there has been some. The ones wrestlers. I've seen are all very shiny. They're Most quite well are, oiled, aren't they? There was a guy called um, Albert who had the hairiest back I've ever seen in my life. Prince Albert, yeah. he would call himself actually oh. at some point. Oh. He was pretty cool. What would yours be, Chris? You're going up against the wiry forest. The wiry forest. I'll see if I can find the picture mm. that my friend drew of the wiry forest. I think, considering your namesake, 
Christopher Wallace and a notorious B.I.G. Yeah, that was It has that. to be something B.I.G. Yeah. related. like Big Popper. Yeah, Big Popper. Or, although that's taken in the rest oh. of it. So maybe you Is could be taken? Juicy. Juicy? Yeah. <laughs> He's got a song called Juicy. Yeah, so Juicy. Yeah. Juicy. Juicy, juicy Wallace. <laughs> juicy Wallace. No, like uh, Juicy uh, Pits. Juicy Pits. <laughs> oh, and you could wear those sweatpants with the word Juicy across the yeah. bum. And then I just jump off things and just... Juice grease all over them. <laughs> Everywhere. And I'm renowned for the amount of like extra grease I put on. Mm. Juicy. <laughs> Crowd okay. love me. And then I go, because I'll grow my hair. And I'll just do that. And there'll be juice everywhere. <laughs> I don't think I like wrestling anymore. You've ruined it for me. Good. Um, obviously, Jack, you've spent a lot of time thinking and dreaming about this and could probably find the outfit that you've cobbled together. <laughs> what would your wrestling name be? Uh, probably just like Jack or something. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> no, I, ne- I never had any aspirations to be a wrestler. Even when I was completely obsessed. Like these days, I only watch. I tend to dip in for WrestleMania season, and that's all I watch each um, each year. But uh, yeah, even in my the the two or three years where I was completely obsessed with wrestling, I was never actually bothered about doing it. Okay, well let's let's see what the Brian Kendrick has to say. Put some enthusiasm into your voice, <laughs> Phil. While growing up, Kendrick's favourite wrestlers included the Ultimate Warrior. You can't L- say Ultimate Warrior in a voice like that. <laughs> Well, growing up, proud. Kendrick's favourite was- wrestlers included Ultimate Warrior, <laughs> Blue Blazer, and Coco Beware. Juicy Pits. If, if Please stop saying Juicy Pits. I'm going to keep saying it, because that's what wrestling is to me. <laughs> he was also a fan of Shawn Michaels. Isn't that a snooker player? <laughs> Who trained him and Chris Okay, okay, you can stop. Jericho! You can oh, stop. I've heard of him before. Yeah, that's good. Have you not heard of Shawn Michaels, though? Or the Ultimate yeah, Warrior? Yeah, he did. He got a 147 a couple of years ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the 147 does sound like a cool wrestling move, actually. That's actually right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Actually, a lot of... They are trying to make snooker a bit more like wrestling. Like, you've got oh, the entrance got themes a... now, and yeah. Yeah. they've all got nicknames, like uh, the Jester from Leicester. The rocket and yeah, all that. yeah it's getting there. <laughs> Next I think I think that honestly, I think Emerge would. I, I think I would love Snooker if they all had like world title belts. And they came out with their belts and they put that on the line. Just their belts yeah. and their pants, and then they got to do a oh, really no, tricky shot belts. where they get their legs up and then steal their juicy pits. <laughs> <laughs> Jump off the table. Yeah. <laughs> no. Right. Imagine the commentary from John Virgo for that. Uh, what a slobber knocker. I went right in the pocket. Oh, okay. Juicy pits. Oh. <laughs> Let's move on. Let's just read. <laughs> let's just read this article because it's very interesting, I'm sure. And sharp. <laughs> he was already very good friends with former tag team partner Paul London, with Lance Cade and Brian Danielson, both of whom he trained with. And none of those are very wrestlery names. No, well, Brian Danielson isn't the name that the WWE used. That's his real name, I think. Uh, or at least he was called Brian Danielson on the independent name. And then they jazzed his name up once he got to the WWE. And what did it become? Uh, Daniel Bryan. <laughs> <laughs> Legitimately, yeah. that's what they changed it to. Yeah. Brian Danielson? Nah, that sounds stupid. Daniel Bryan? Uh. Ding. Early career. In 1999, he moved to Texas to begin training with the NWA Southwest Wrestling School and later attended Shawn Michaels Wrestling Academy. It was there that Kendrick adopted the ring name Spanky. 
a nickname he was given due to his method of staying awake during long drives on the indie circuit. Oh, wow. What? He made his professional wrestling debut. Hang on, on we can't just skip past that. What? His, his method of staying awake was... Oh. Spanking? But what kind of spanking? Wow, I'd... Yeah. And also, I would never give someone a nickname because of that particular trait. It depends what they do. I think if they were keeping themselves awake by... I'm hoping they're talking... I don't know if... I'm not sure what I would prefer. Actual spanking or, like, monkey spanking. Mm. Either one you shouldn't be doing when you're driving. No. Monkey spanking. As in spanking the monkey. Right. As in... Yes, I'm, w- I'm with you. Okay. It's just your choice of euphemism made me feel a bit... Uh... <laughs> well, I just, you know... That's fine. It's nice to know what you call your penis. In February 2000, Kendrick signed a developmental deal with the World Wrestling Federation, spending a year in the company's farm territory, Memphis Championship Wrestling, before the promotion closed and Kendrick was released from his contract. You keep, you both keep laughing at words that just sound totally normal to me now because I've been, I've been reading about wrestling for 15 years probably. So what's the farm bit then? That's just like a yeah developmental territory. It's just what they call it. Oh, because it's like not, it's yeah, not interesting. Just, they're being re- yeah. reared on the farm. Yeah. Um, yeah. There, there's a lot of weird wrestling words um, that will make no sense to you, which we might come across. So I'll try and explain as we go along. Mm. Oh, please do. Mm, that's no problem. Don't worry about it, guys. My pleasure. <laughs> Kendrick won his first championship in MCW when he defeated American Dragon for the MCW Southern Light Heavyweight Championship on September 22nd. He later teamed with American Dragon to win the MCW Southern Tag Team Championship, um, becoming a double champion. In October 2001, Kendrick wrestled American Dragon in the first round of the King of the Indies Tournament 2001, but lost... The crowd, however, gave both men a standing ovation after the match. On Chris, fe- have you... Sorry. Have you ever been given a standing ovation, Chris? No, of course not. I thought not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Why did you give all. them a standing ovation? Because they've wrestled well. How do you... How? Right, this is this is the thing. Everyone says... I'm not saying now that it's not real, because I've seen... No, the no, wrestler. no, that's fine. I've that's seen fine. the rest of it. I know it's very <laughs> physical. Pointless, but physical. Uh, that's fine. If you... That's, that's fine. But... The thing is, if you're, for people that really know about wrestling, if you're a good wrestler, that means basically that it looks realistic, that you manage to portray the action, you you manage to tell a story well in the ring. It's a lot of like quite intricate, even stuff like wrestlers tend to talk to each other during the match, and it's it's hiding that from the audience. Oh, right. Just very, showmanship. Then. Or especially during WWE, it's it's performing moves in a certain way so that the cameras get the best of the action there's a lot of different things yeah. that come together and that's sort of what makes a good wrestler and that's what why they would have been given a standing ovation if they've basically if they've entertained they're like, not they're not just cheering for the winner yeah like when juicy pitts swings his hair around exactly right and the sweat from his mane just goes directly that's exactly in the face. It. yeah and yeah. the crowd are like oh that's disgusting but i'm so into it <laughs> and then the standing ovation comes that's exactly it's it that's just what i'm trying to say <laughs> Like it. You've thought this character through. I mean, I really you've thought developed it, it. You've thought it through disgustingly, but you've thought it through. In the space of doing this, I really developed Juicy. It seems to be an actual thing I want to protect the property of. Oh, why? 
In February 2002, Kendrick wrestled on the premiere show of Ring of Honor, winning the match to gain an ROH contract. While in ROH, Kendrick completed in, competed in several other promotions, such as Heartland Wrestling Association and All Pro Wrestling, before leaving for Japan in June to compete in Pro Wrestling Zero One. There, he wrestled under the ring name Leonardo Spanky, a gimmick proposed by Shinya Hashimoto due to Kendrick's resemblance to Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, I don't really see it, to be honest. But um, Is wrestling popular in other places other than America? I thought it was just in America. No, no. Well, it was I mean, just because we are to... so not in, in a, a country, we're not. It was, it was it. pretty big here in the late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah. Uh, and, um, and earlier than that, in the eighties, British wrestling oh, was sure. massive. Oh yeah, well, the sixties and seventies, the yeah, British wrestling yeah. was huge here. It was on ITV every every Sunday. Yeah, and well, the Saturday. Japanese are mad for it. The, the Mexicans Japanese can't get yeah. in. Oh yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah, they're they're the two. Apart from the US, Japan and Mexico are the two big areas, but yeah. they both have very different styles of wrestling mm. or professional wrestling. Um, and a lot of, a lot of the sort of better, the more technical. Um, American wrestlers and British wrestlers will go to Japan rather than America mm. uh, to ply their trade just because it suits their style more. And Mexican wrestling is more um, luchador kind of stuff. Yeah. A lot of jumping and spinning, which is more flashy. Mm. I think you'd quite like yeah, a lot of Mexican wrestling. I, found, I, I think, think you'd be into that, to be honest. Yeah. Maybe that's a starter drug for me. Yeah, yeah. A lot of masks. On June 29th, he became the first NWA International Junior Heavyweight Champion in company history. He dropped the title to Loki a few months later. In late 2002, Kendrick signed a contract with the World Wrestling Entertainment, but was unable to compete until he completed his time in the independent circuit. He made his WWE debut on January 11th, 2003 edition of Velocity under the gimmick of a mascot representing the local sports team of the town in which he was competing. Not he- the greatest gimmick ever, to be honest. That's almost as bad as Juicy Pits. <laughs> Juicy Pits is, is, would never stoop to that. <laughs> He continued wearing masks for several weeks, each time competing under a different identity. After acting as a telegram deliverer for Big Show to Undertaker and getting a last ride for his troubles... This is again... Step in. Um, so he's he's delivered a telegram for Big Show, um, who is a wrestler. Big Show right. is a very large wrestler. Okay. Hence the name. Right. Uh, he's, he's delivered a telegram from him to The Undertaker. I know, you know who The Undertaker, Undertaker is, yeah. Um, and he got a last ride for his troubles. The, the last ride was one of Undertaker's signature moves. What, uh, what it's, like a, it's like a fancy powerbomb. Do you know what a powerbomb is? No? No. no well, imagine one. Can imagine you, it fancy. Can you perform them on Phil? Please. Absolutely not, because it would involve my face being very close to Phil's crotch. <laughs> <laughs> imagine... Me standing up, right. and I've got Phil, and his le- his legs are over my shoulders, and his crotch is right in my face, right. and I'm holding his ass from below. I imagine this more often than you realise. <laughs> and I lift Phil up with his jeans. Uh, I didn't know it had my a head. name. I didn't above my know head. it had a name. And then I slam Phil down onto the mat. Oh, oh wow! So that's what happened to the Ryan Kendrick. And he at this earned point. that. It sounds like a punishment. Uh, no, he, he got a last drive for his oh. troubles. It's, it's, he didn't. Yeah, it's, so it's, it's it, a punishment. It, oh, yeah. I thought it was like something they do is like. You've done well. <laughs> no. Yeah. He's a treat. 
Here's one last ride for your troubles. He showed up the following week and began a series of events trying to impress the then general manager of SmackDown, Stephanie McMahon, in order to earn a contract for the WWE. He eventually earned himself a contract on March 20th, 2003 episode of SmackDown by defeating Shannon Moore. His first major storyline within WWE came on May 1st, 2003 episode of SmackDown. He reverted to his former spanky ring name after he interrupted a promo by John Cena. The two feuded over their similar hip-hop gimmicks until May 22nd. <laughs> always happens. Two white men feuding <laughs> yeah. over their hip-hop gimmicks. Now, just before we go on then, this, this McMahon thing, Yes, is I get is that they they do run it real real life, but they're also fake, like the Kardashians. <laughs> what do Kardashians run in real life? Just to be in the Kardashians, but because on telly they're not real, but they are. Yeah, they're they're a heightened character of yeah. themselves. Like Kim Kardashian isn't um, like that all the time. Yeah, yeah. So Vince McMahon owns the WWE. Yeah, uh, and yeah, most of his family have appeared on on TV at some point normally playing the villain yeah and in fact so, him and his daughter Stephanie do that really fact, well I think now and people who like wrestling probably don't go like this but WWE is a bit like keeping up with the Kardashians for boys um yeah sure yeah. I don't know I, I think it is it is more of a reality TV thing yeah um a than ever before and also it's yeah it, it kind of is just that it's uh, people will pretend uh, or a lot of the the casual viewers will watch it mainly for the storylines rather than the actual wrestling itself hmm. um and funnily enough wwe do have a show called total divas now which oh, you might have heard of so that's uh, they've mixed it they've mixed it together yeah that, I, but that is that's that's the divas or the you know the women wrestlers um it's a reality tv show following them it's very like your kardashians and that sort of stuff and it's it's actually a bit of a crossover hit. It's become popular with non-wrestling fans, which is, I guess, was the so all the intention. needs to happen is for like Kim Kardashian to face The Rock. Well, um, Snooki from Jersey Shore was yeah. she was at WrestleMania a few years ago, so, so that so kind of thing I does happen. Someone's already had this for. There you go. Yeah, there's a lot of cro- uh, cross promotion. Hmm. Yeah, uh, Snoop Dogg was there a, f- a few weeks ago for some reason. Did he get a last ride? Uh, no, because The Undertaker just turns up once a year these days to fight at WrestleMania. Oh. So no more last rides being dished out. Okay. So I think he's a bit too old to do the last ride now. It's quite a physical move. Mm. He's a bit, bit rickety in his old age. Yeah. Anyway, we better get on with this because um, it's quite... Oh yeah, <laughs> I think Phil slipped, uh... slipped into a camera. <laughs> In July 2005, Kendrick announced that after he'd fulfilled his obligations on the independent circuit, he would return to WWE. He made his return doing a, during a live event on August 22, 2005, losing in a fatal four-way match for the WWE Cruiserweight fatal? Championship. Fatal four-way. <laughs> what happens in a fatal four-way? Are there just four people? If there's four people, it's a fatal four-way. If there's three people, it's a triple threat. It's just the way it's always been. Five? five way <laughs> disappointing yeah <laughs> he then reformed a tag team with his former partner Paul London on September 30th edition of Velocity on December 16th the pair remade their image wearing theatrical masks to the ring with matching vests and shorts Aww. they were quickly elevated into the WWE tag team championship picture receiving a non-title match against WWE tag team champions MNM 
on February the 10th edition of SmackDown, which London and Kendrick lost. On April 7th, they faced MNM again, picking up a win in a non-title match. Their storyline feud continued as London and Kendrick continued their winning streak over the champions, including singles victories for both Kendrick and London on MNM members, Johnny Nitro and Joey Mercury. (sighs) (laughs) (laughs) I knew you weren't going to like that. London and Kendrick won the WWE Tag Team title at Judgment Day, thus defeating MNM six times in a row in singles and tag team matches altogether. Good work, mm. I suppose. Mm-hmm. You're right, good work, well done. On October 14th, London and Kendrick became the longest reigning WWE Tag Team Champions of all time, surpassing MNM's previous record of 145 days. Despite this, they were still booked as the underdogs in their feuds, and this was shown when they began a losing streak to the team of William Regal and Dave Taylor. Regal defeated both in singles matches, and on the December 8th episode of SmackDown, Kendrick and London lost a non-title tag team match to the duo, although Kendrick beat Taylor on the December the 9th episode of Velocity. London and Kendrick had a scheduled title defence at Armageddon against Regal and Taylor. Before the pay-per-view the match changed into a fatal four-way tag team ladder match. <laughs> What's a ladder match? Oh. Just quickly because I'm starting to... You start to lose the will to live. Yeah. The tag team belts are suspended above the ring about 15 feet up um, on a wire and you have to use a ladder to go up and collect them and whoever collects them wins. And it involves a lot of jumping off ladders, sometimes through tables, a lot of high-flying, risky stuff. It's probably, certainly most casual wrestling fans' favourite style of match, because it's just, it's a it's bit a bit, a bit of a show, it's a showmanship thing. Yeah, yeah, and it's, it's pretty dangerous at times, yeah. It does sound dangerous. Mm, that's great, there's been some great spots. I'll show you don't. a lengthy video later. <laughs> mm, please don't. Um, so, William Regal. Can you guess where that wrestler's from? They've given him the name William Regal. Where could he be from? <laughs> oh, God, is he an English gent? He's an English gent, indeed. Oh, God. Does In fact, wear... Dave Taylor is as well, but yeah, William Regal's from... Um, he's from Blackpool, but... Oh, does he wear ermine? <laughs> he, he would wear a cloak a lot of the time. Oh, Christ. Yeah, he's great, though. <laughs> uh, London and Kendrick won the match and retained the titles. Hooray! Hooray! London and Kendrick, however, dropped the championship to them on the t- April the 20th. No, that's not April a number. April the 20th. <laughs> London and Kendrick, however, dropped the championship to them on the April the 20th edition of SmackDown, ending their reign at 331 days. Um, in the storyline, London missed a moonsault from the ring apron to the floor during the title match, injuring his ribs, leaving Kendrick to battle Juice and Domino alone. <laughs> Juice mm, Domino. Yeah. Juicy tits, or whatever it was. Juicy pits. Pits. Uh, um, Yeah, I won't even explain what a moonsault is. He's just jumped and hurt himself. Okay. Kendrick and London then worked a a feud with Cade and Murdoch, 
and as a house show on September 5th, they defeated Caden Murdoch to win the titles, only to lose it back to Caden Murdoch three days later. London and Kendrick continued to feud with Caden Murdoch, I've said Caden <laughs> Murdoch too many times, and lose the tag team championships at Unforgiven. For the rest of 2007, London and Kendrick mainly competed on Heat or in tag team, but the tag title bouts until London got injured in late 2007. As a result, Kendrick was mainly used as a jobber on Raw until (laughs) London returned at the start of February 2008, although Kendrick still won sometimes on Heat. So, yeah, a a jobber is someone who is used exclusively to to lose, basically, um, to... I was going to use another wrestling term then, but to to get other members of the roster over, inverted commas, um, so to make them popular, basically. To give them a bit of exposure. credibility and exposure, yeah. Okay. Um, so at this stage, it's not really going well for him. No. And he's also on Heat a lot, which was like the third string show. I was going to make a joke he's... about cats, but I'm not going to bother. <laughs> <laughs> As part of the 2008 WWE supplemental draft, Kendrick was drafted back to the SmackDown brand while London stayed on Raw, thus ending the team. He made his return to the brand on July 18th, 2008, airing of SmackDown as a major heel with new ring attire defeating Jimmy Wang Yang with the help of his bodyguard, Ezekiel. Uh, A heel. I know this. Do you? A heel is a baddie. Correct, yes. (laughs) (laughs) In your face, Chris, I know more about wrestling than you. I invented a wrestler. I I invented one years ago, the Wiry (laughs) Forest. We've been through this. Of course, that's true. Uh, Do you know what the... The term for a good guy is? Is it a face? Correct. Oh, yeah. Baby yeah. face. Yeah, you're pretty good there. Uh-huh. So he defeated Jimmy Wang Yang. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I'm glossing over it. On July 30th, 2009, WWE announced that Kendrick was released from his WWE contract. Oh. What do wrestlers do when, when they're like retired? Well, this one returns to the independent circuit. That's what most of them do. Kendrick signed with Dragon Gate USA on August 6, 2009. (coughs) On August 28th, he made his return to Pro Wrestling Gorilla at Speed of Sound, where he wrestled as a heel, defeated Brian Danielson after a low blow. Which is a punch to the nuts. Nut punch. Nut punch. Unfortunate. I think that would be your finishing move. What, what, Juicy Pitts? Just do a nut punch. Yeah. Juicy Pitts does a nut punch. That was like yeah. a children's book. <laughs> and it would sound like one of those wet fish. He's all greasy. I, mean, I don't want to know what it would pitts. sound like. Oh, it keeps yeah. on going. It keeps on going. On 2010, at Total Nonstop Action Wrestling's pay per view Genesis. <laughs> Kendrick made his return. You know what it sounds like? It sounds like those enormous number of techno mixtapes that would all have to have names that just evoke all Mm. this movement and action and have just no substance behind them at all. Pay-per-view Genesis. Kendrick made his return to the promotion using his real name and losing to Amazing Red. That's not a good name. (laughs) in a match for the TNA X Division Championship under a similar heel gimmick to his The Brian Kendrick gimmick used in WWE. In May, Kendrick (laughs) turned face. Oh, oh. There you go. Kendrick turned face by having a confrontation with his partner, Douglas Williams, after their match against Ink Inc. 
Ink, ink. Ink, ink. I'm guessing they were tattooed. I'm pretty sure that's going to mm. be what it is. Yeah. Shannon Moore and Jesse Neal. But then Samoa Joe came out and attacked both of them. Oh, I guess Samoa what Joe. Samoa Joe was like. Typical Samoa Joe, that is. <laughs> you enjoying this, guys? Oh, oh, it's nearly over. Ray. Um. On the November 17th episode of Impact Wrestling, Kendrick teamed up with Jesse Sorensen to help defeat Austin Aries and Kid Cash. Um, yeah, that's Cash with a K, in case you were wondering. Of course. In a tag team match, this was Kendrick's last appearance in TNA. After three months of inactivity, TNA announced that Kendrick was released from his TNA contract on February 27th, 2012. On June 18th at Dominion 6.18, Kendrick made a surprise debut for the New Japan Pro Wrestling in Osaka, teaming with Gedo and Jado in a six-man tag team match where they defeated Jushin Thunder Liger, Kushida, and Tiger Mask 4. <laughs> or Tiger Mask the 4th. Like, no, uh, no, no, no Tiger Mask 3 and Tiger Mask 2 and Tiger Mask 1. They just, they just went on. They've handled, handed it down through the generations. <laughs> when Kendrick pinned Kushida with the sliced bread number 2. It's a good name for a finishing move, that. Uh, no. Second return to WWE. Kendrick returned to WWE with the old with his old The Brian Kendrick character at the NXT television tapings in December 2014, losing a dark match to Solomon Crow. Go on, you can explain one more. <laughs> okay. Is that one with the lights off? Um Are of. they all in blackface? Because I'm not happy <laughs> about that. It's um it's a match before like before a TV taping. So kind of as a if you went to see a, a TV beer, TV oh, show being like filmed, you get a warm up act. Right. It's that kind of thing, really. So he can't even win those. No, it's, yeah, it's kind of a a, a way to, to showcase new wrestlers normally. Yeah, but this is an old wrestler now. Against a new wrestler, though. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Kendrick made a televised return on February 25th, 2015, losing to Finn Baylor in the main event. Kendrick was also reportedly had a tryout as a trainer at the WWE Performance Center. Kendrick also began training WWE diva Eva Marie. What was that noise? What that noise was, I think wrestling is stupid. But <laughs> but it's a fun stupid. I'm not offended by it. It's I it, I can see its place in the world and Good, yeah, luck to see, the, yeah, good luck to the wrestlers, the big, oiled-up, muscle-bound wrestlers that there are. Um, yeah. they're, they seem noticeably smaller than they did in the late 90s, mid-90s when I saw yeah, it. They, this is the lack of steroids, isn't it? it they've is, they've stopped, they've cleaned up, haven't they're they? They're frowning upon steroid use these days, especially as, um, almost 10 years ago now, uh, Chris Benoit, the wrestler, he was a very... He was an excellent wrestler, I one of the best the ever. Um, he, yeah, he had a bit of roid rage and killed his wife and son, and then himself. Okay. Uh, in the home, so that was that a big, happened. yeah, it was a crazy, hmm. a crazy time. Um, but yeah, it's, it has, yeah, it's, it's kind of cleaned up its act. But the, well, what I find so amazing about wrestling is just the industry in general. I find it totally fascinating. I don't watch that much of it these days, but I really, I still read a lot about it hmm. because the inner workings of it are nuts. And yeah. what these guys go through is incredible. The drama and all that, the backstage stuff is, it's constantly interesting. 
Um, and and yeah, with the the whole steroid thing, that's you know another aspect of why it's so such an interesting industry. The amount of death and um, ruin these guys have when they their careers start to fade is you know it's even more so than a faded pop star mm. or a faded actor. They it's really quite a self destructive industry. So it's there's a lot of interest there if you're into that kind of thing. People having miserable lives. Which you are definitely into. I am, yeah. I'm, I'm very much in agreement with Phil. I mean, I, I'm fine with it existing. I know I just don't get it enough. I know that. So I'm not. I'm, I'm taking the piss out of it. But I know really, there's a lot more to it than that. Well, maybe I would be more interested if they did members of the public versus the wrestlers, because then you just got gladiators. <laughs> <laughs> now that, and that was great. Okay, or animals against the wrestlers. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Or, or animals them. against animals. That'd be fun. <laughs> yeah, that would be fun. Uh, yeah. uh, most of the the hatred towards it, and people do hate wrestling. Oh yeah, there's a certain per- type of person who, if it's even mentioned, something you'll go, "Oh, that's ridiculous! Load of shite, men that, in oil, greasy." That annoys me actually. Yeah, because it's it's like, yeah, I understand okay, that's mate. not what it's about. But um, I think I think a lot of that comes from it being labelled as a sport a lot of the time. Well, when think, it obviously is not a sport, but it's more ready to admit that now than it used to be. Oh, as absolutely. Well. It's called world uh, wrestling entertainment these days. Yeah, you know, it is. It's very much focused on the fact that it's an entertainment show rather than, than a sport. Even though the wrestlers are just as physically able and a lot of the time more than a lot of athletes. And my understanding of WWE is that over the years it's flitted by how between how family friendly it is. Is that right? That's that right. it tends to go quite dark and sweary and really not so pleasant and yeah. not sort of for kids and then we'll come out and be a kids thing again is that that's exactly uh, right so when i was a kid it was the attitude era which was explosions and people jumping off of very high pieces of equipment and lots of blood and lots of swearing and lots of tits um so that was great when i was a kid and now that i'm an adult it's quite pg um and yeah that's that's a shame but it, it sort of has to ride with the times and at the minute you have things like UFC yeah. um, that's come on the scene and you can't really you can't really compete with that for mm. in terms of violence and and they are they, and authenticity well, so they've kind of had thing, to tone it? it down to find their they're, gap in the market two, they're two different things right, if, if fans of UFC were, go, were going for wrestling a few years ago you, well, obviously it's not for you no, yeah. you're not going to like it if you, I don't like UFC but if, you, if that's what you're into and you really want to see that go watch it that's for you too wrestling isn't for those sort of people I don't think or if it well, is maybe it was maybe ones. it was before but um, but yeah I think it's just seen UFC come into that that spot taking up the sort of extreme end yeah. of, of things so it has had to tone it down just to to try and get a market although I don't really think that's the right decision because it's not been doing very well in recent years so mm. you know I mean when when it was in the Attitude Era, that was when it was at its biggest, certainly since the 80s. Um, and we haven't really had any sort of wrestling household names since then. You had Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock back then, but... I mean, could you name a single wrestler that's wrestling now? Probably not. The Undertaker. Yeah, okay, but in one that hasn't been mentioned... <laughs> <laughs> sure, but you, before this, if you'd... Uh, what? You, uh, did you know that The Undertaker was still about... I think I did. Yeah. I think I was. Well, I was under the impression that he was like the right. undead. That's what he led me to believe. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and hasn't the Rock gone back to wrestling again? He comes and goes. Yeah. Yeah. He's got Fast and Furious films to do. I'm not going to slack him off because he's actually all right. I do quite like the Rock. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's awesome. I can smell what he's cooking. 
Um, <laughs> oh yeah, what's um, Juicy Pit's catchphrase? Uh, <laughs> check out my pits. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I knew it. I knew it would be check out my pits. Slime. Thanks. I'm gonna gunja. It's time. <laughs> <laughs> It's time to wrap this one up. <laughs> Just a couple more things to say on the Brian Kendrick. Is it not done? It's not quite done. <laughs> I, thought, honestly, I honestly thought that was Yeah, I know. We Why all did wish you that. do that? This is quite good. We'll, we'll, we'll finish I off with this. I don't think it is. Kendrick appeared as a contestant on The Price is Right where he won a popcorn machine. <laughs> the popcorn machine was worth $3,018. So, wow. you know. That'd do more than make a, popcorn. Makes a lot of popcorn. <laughs> yeah. I, I want a three thousand dollar popcorn yeah. machine. We, yeah, sounds great. Let's just sum up by um, looking at the list of his nicknames as a professional wrestler. The post-apocalyptic scavenger. That's pretty cool. No, it isn't. <laughs> uh, but compared to this next one, it's very, very cool. The man with a plan. Not the man with the plan, just the man a with plan. A, a plan. Doesn't even say that it's yeah. a When they plan. get in the ring, they've only got one plan. <laughs> yeah. Just smack him. Smack him, yeah, that's it. Spanky. We've, we've, we've covered Spanky. The Wizard of Odd. That's pretty good. I, hey. Awful. <laughs> and then I've seen pictures of him. There's nothing odd about him. He's just a man. No, he was pretty odd. <laughs> say that to his face, He was bro. a weird little man. There's nothing odd about you. You're just a man. <laughs> And there's one more. There's <laughs> one more, in the ring. which is definitely the point at which I want to leave wrestling alone. The one-eyed dickless monster. <laughs> it, to be fair, it doesn't. It does say. You might say it might say dickless, but it says D star C K L E double S. So it could be dockless. He might just or have deckless. lost. Might just have lost his duck. He might have lost his duck. Which is quite a sad story. Yeah. <laughs> the one-eyed duckless monster. Yeah. Just strolling around the, the boat in Lake on a Saturday afternoon. Looking for his duck. But only with one eye. <laughs> uh, so, um, to sum up then, Chris, if uh, Juicy Pitt's got his chances in the WWE, what would your theme music be? Uh, Juicy by Notorious B.I.G. Oh, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. 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 And... Gonna, uh, Sweat, hair, pink pants. Okay. Just like a look. Just, and then big moustache. <laughs> of course. Yeah. And Phil, the Wiry Forest, what's his uh, theme um, music? A bit of Tchaikovsky, I think. You think? Yeah. yeah. A, bit, a bit Tchaikovsky. That's nice. That, our rest of the match would be one to watch. Yeah. Maybe some, you know, real scat jazz. <laughs> <laughs> just some free form really left field jazz music to come on to can we stop talking about wrestling now please, please? um yes. please can we you know, hey. the beautiful thing is that oh. I was just i'm not talking about wrestling now the beautiful thing is that i was going to use a wrestling thing as one of my like, articles that i brought in and now you're not allowed to so hooray it's not that i'm not allowed to it's just that i might still but um it's nice that this came up anyway yeah. Uh, nice. But yeah, next time I might just to piss you off. We oh. could talk about one of these great events. SummerSlam. I think we've used up any material we could possibly generate for wrestling. Certainly any enthusiasm we could possibly muster for it. No, <laughs> no that's got, not true. And there's there's a lot, I'm sure, of very dedicated fans who will have done a lot of work on Wikipedia if they've managed to write this much about Brian Kendrick. Yeah. God help us if we ever land on 
Um, the Rock. The Ultimate Warrior. I know more than this. Sergeant Slaughter. He was my mm-hmm. favourite. When everyone was at school was into wrestling, he was the one that I thought, yeah, I like him. Yeah. Um, pretty, pretty lame. I was into the Iron Sheik. Who has quite the Twitter account these yeah, days, I understand. amazing Twitter account, yeah. Um, cool. <laughs> cool. You just wanted to be over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Peter Moore. Ring the bell. Peter Moore, born 1955, is a British business executive best known for his former positions as corporate vice president of Microsoft's interactive entertainment business division, overseeing the Xbox and Xbox 360 game consoles, and president of Sega of America. On July two thousand in July two thousand and seven, Moore announced his resignation from Microsoft to take over the EA Sports division of Electronic Arts. It's in the game. Are you sure we're not turning this just into every other geek podcast that's out there? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Let's just talk about a different geeky subject because being a geek is cool now. Yeah. Mad uh... life. <laughs> yeah, we've had a bit of a bit of a run there, haven't we? Moore was born in Liverpool, England. He is deeply proud of being from Liverpool and is a die-hard fan of Liverpool FC. He holds a bachelor's degree from Keele University and a master's degree from California State. He worked for Patrick USA, the US subsidiary of French sportswear company, and then at Reebok for almost two decades. He also was a physical education teacher for a number of years. Which is immediate- a bit of a weird jump. <laughs> and immediately makes me think sadist. <laughs> <laughs> After Reebok, Peter Moore rose to prominence at Sega, being a big figure in the company's North American operations during the Dreamcast era. Oh, so that was like the bad time to be in charge. Yeah, that's, that's not great. Yeah, it didn't go down well, did You're it? steering a sinking ship there, aren't you? Moore played a pivotal role in the company's decision to change its business strategy to become a platform-agnostic software publisher. At the time of leaving, Moore was president and COO of Sega of America. I'm going to derail this conversation completely, but just as video games have come up, can I just reveal to the world how excited I am about Final Fantasy 7 being remade <sighs> it is the best news that has ever happened I'm so excited I could die and I if, I, if I do die before it comes out do you know what when, this is oh. one of those things where I'm always surprised that that was your thing because you're not already a big video game person no I'm not a big fantasy person either really no, but you seem to really like that it just captured it just came along at the right time I was yeah. nine years old and gaming was it, it just moved into 3D. It was possibly like the first 3D game I'd played and it just blew my mind. Yeah. It's it's huge and it's so much fun. And yeah, the idea of a remake in HD is blowing my mind. Uh, what mind. is wrong with you, Phil? Well, it's just we've become, we need to change our name to the freaking geeking webcast. <laughs> like like all the rest <laughs> of them. How many different exactly. words can you I rhyme bit, with geek? I, I, I am a bit worried that maybe we should do something like a spoon. <laughs> yeah. yeah, because I, I think we've been so specific this time around. Good old days when all we'd talk about was dump digging. Yeah. <laughs> you can't control the random article button. No, you can't control it. It's just. You can't control It's got a path of its own and we just have to follow it. Yeah. Maybe next time it will lead us back to fucking San Spoons? Fernando and we could talk about massacres all day. What would you prefer? A balance, <laughs> I think. <laughs> anyway, when that game is out. Whenever that may be, 
I'm literally booking a week off work. And it will be the lamest thing I've ever done, and I don't care. Saying that, today you did sit in and watch 35 hours of a TV programme, which I don't think is possible. (laughs) (laughs) There are enough hours in the day. I've watched 24 episodes of a TV programme over a day and a bit. How long is it? 45 minute an episode. I'm not going to do the maths. (laughs) Didn't expect me to. (sighs) 18 hours. Well, that was quick. Mr. Maths. Yeah, 18 hours. But that's fine because it's. Well, really I can good. work out what three quarters of 24 is in my right. head. That's <laughs> Professor Dickhead. <laughs> yeah, well, have you never done that? Have you never just box set, setted the shit out of something? Um, yeah, I have, but not and in such an intense time. Not yeah, it's unusual for me as well, but yeah. I haven't had much on, so. You see, I've not, since I've had a girlfriend, I haven't been able to be that intensive in my box <laughs> setting. That's not a verb. All right, Mr. I've got a girlfriend. <laughs> You've got a girlfriend. Since I've had a girlfriend. <laughs> that did sound like one of those things 16-year-olds say to their friends. Now, now, now it really is a geek show. No. Hey, guys, guess what I've got? No, I'm trying to distance myself from all the geek I shows. I just haven't had time to play all these games because my girlfriend's been on my back. Oh, my God. You know, I'm just really into her stuff now and spending time with her. I'm really impressed. We really want to go out. We want to go out and take her to a meal and stuff because oh, we're so we're just, in love. We're just spending quality time holding hands. <laughs> and I'm just like so so tired from doing it. <laughs> Who are we talking about? Oh, it's been we, a long day. Uh, it has we're talking about Peter Moore? That's it. Yeah. Um, who worked for Reebok and then he worked for PE. PE. <laughs> then, then he worked for Sega. Okay, and now he's at Dreamcast. He's doing the Dreamcast, which was a flop. Moore has been proud of the success of the Dreamcast game console and the satisfaction that owners still express today, including fans of the Shenmue game franchise, which has also been announced this week to have a sequel um, made. You see, I can can do geeking. And fit in your girlfriend. And fit in my... Oh, Oh, horrible image. (laughs) (laughs) Thumbing it in. Including fans of the Shenmue game franchise, which Moore describes as the most vocal fan base during his career at Sega. Moore disclosed to GamingSteve.com that at a security checkpoint at Chicago O'Hare International Airport, a TSA security agent said, I don't need to see your passport, you're the asshole that gave away Shenmue to Xbox. However, Moore has admitted to being responsible for the discontinuation of the Dreamcast. He said, We had a tremendous 18 months. Dreamcast was on fire. We really thought that we could do it. But then we had a target from Japan that said we had to make X hundreds of millions of dollars by the holiday season and shift X million units of hardware. Otherwise, we just couldn't sustain the business. So on January 31st, 2001, we said Sega is leaving hardware. We were selling 50,000 units a day, then 60,000, then 100,000. But it was just not going to be enough to get the critical mass to take on the launch of the PlayStation 2. Somehow I managed to make that call, not the Japanese. I had to fire a lot of people. It was not a pleasant day. Oh, I can had a really bad day at the office. I considered putting on my people. best Liverpoolian accent and I decided against it. And can I you do one? Stand by that decision. Evidently not. No. Give it a go. I'm not going to. Come on. We you haven't alienated anyone from Liverpool yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, it is annoying when people talk about doing an accent. You know, it's like Graham Norton. You have to get the per- you have to force them into doing the accent now. Otherwise, you're going to disappoint the listeners. So you have to do the accent. Yeah. 
Come on then. Come on. Yeah. If there was an audience, you'd be saying, "Come on, do you want them to do it?" And they'll go, "Yeah," even though they don't really care, but they have to do it, and so you have to do the accent. Liverpool. Like a really far away Liverpool person. <laughs> We've been recording for quite a few hours now, and um, this is the point where we get a little bit delirious. <laughs> Things start going badly. I, I think we have reached that stage. I don't want to do it anymore. In 2003, <laughs> Microsoft hired Moore to help the Xbox compete with other next-generation consoles. Microsoft CEO Steve Ballmer had, frustrate- had been frustrated by the low market share of Xbox, then stalled at 23% in the United States. At Microsoft, Moore gained notoriety for displaying tattoos of Halo 2 and Grand Theft Auto 4. What, on his person? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it seems that way. That he used when announcing the re- the respective games. The former was used. Rubbish. Grand Theft Auto Four was rubbish. Yeah, actually, that's a bit harsh. It just wasn't as was good rubbish, as the others. But I was not. I wouldn't get a tattoo. Just like I wouldn't get a tattoo of my what's his name, Farage, Nigel Farage, like that person did. <laughs> I think if you got a tattoo, it would be a gaming thing. Oh God! Don't really. Yeah. What do you think I get? Um, just a tattoo of a. Sega Dreamcast, <laughs> like the the spiral logo. And you're on gonna have chest. that on your on your chest, around your belly button. <laughs> a vortex. Yeah. Uh. You're like a a polywhirl or whatever that Pokemon was called. <laughs> Let's not skip back to Pokemon. Let's. <laughs> Some sources claim that the Halo 2 tattoo was not permanent, and others have reported that Moore still has it. It is unknown if the Grand Theft Auto 4 tattoo is permanent. What you could do, of course, is just turn the I in front of the V into like a circle and make it about Grand Theft Auto 5, which is, you know, regarded as a much better game. Mm -hmm. That's true. That option's always with you. Moore also reportedly endorsed the Wii console as an alternative over the PlayStation 3, claiming that for the price of one PlayStation 3, the consumer can buy both the Xbox 360 and the Wii. You also look like a bit of an idiot. During that time, everybody looked like a bit of an idiot. And everybody's grands looked like a bit of an idiot. Wii's were great. No, you mean, you look silly. <laughs> yeah, they made you look silly, but they were great. Everybody was bowling in their kitchen and thinking, it was a weird time. <laughs> I was around someone's uh, house um, and um, I heard like grandma. If you can remember playing. it, you weren't there. <laughs> <laughs> the grandma was like playing bowling. And then that thing happens where they, the excitement wore off and everybody worked out you could play tennis on the couch with like... Yeah. In yeah. your pants. <laughs> watching porn on your laptop and playing ten- tennis at the same time. <laughs> and people have done it. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> it's very hot. It's quite hot. It so is open warm. a window. It is warm. I d- you know what? I turned around about 20 minutes ago thinking I should open a window. I just haven't done it. I'll yeah. do it now. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Oh, Actually, that was quite instantly pleasant. Yeah. Yeah. Why were we sitting in here like that? <laughs> I don't know, yeah. Baking like, away. Sort of, like a sort of yeah. steam room. In July 2007, Electronic Arts announced that Peter Moore would be leaving Microsoft to head the sports division at Electronic Arts. Moore reportedly wanted to move back to the San Francisco Bay Area to live with his family, which was possible with EA. His position as Vice President of Interactive Entertainment Business at Microsoft was filled by Don Matrick, um, who later left Microsoft to join Zynga as CEO. 
Moore was parodied in an episode of South Park, season 15's Crack Baby Athletic Association, focusing on the NCAA's relationship with Electronic Arts. In August 2011, Moore was promoted from EA Sports president to the role of Chief Operating Officer in a structure reshuffle. Well done, Peter Moore. Congratulations, Peter Moore. He must be a very rich man. Oh, we minted. Long gone, long gone are the days of his PA teaching. And to finish off today's show, we have some exciting news. We have been nominated for a UK Podcast Award. That is something that I will say in a few weeks once you've voted for us and we have actually been nominated for a UK <laughs> Podcast Award. It's going to be very exciting. You can do this. It takes under two minutes. You do have to give away your email address, but they haven't. I've signed up many years ago, in fact, and they've never bothered me. So if you go to ukpodcasters.com forward slash directory forward slash podcast forward slash wiki shuffle, you can nominate us. Um, for a podcast award I feel like instead of getting people to remember all of that list of URL we could maybe stick a link somewhere we could do that should we do if that if we were yeah. less lazy we'll do we that. could do that nice. we'll, we'll do it it'll be on our Twitter anyway which is at wikishufflepod uh, and we might stick it up on Facebook although we rarely update Facebook because it's a bit of a hassle isn't it it's not as a hassle it's just rubbish yeah we don't like <laughs> Facebook God, this is a very rambly piece about why you should vote for us as the best podcast in, in the UK. <laughs> anyway, we know that you love us and we would love you to vote. So feel free to do that. And that's throughout the month of July. So if you're listening to this late, not live, then you might still have a bit of time. But if you're listening to it after the end of July, don't bother. Let's just say we win something. Do well, we have to go? We should maybe record the acceptance speech now. Well, that's, a, that's an option. way of going about it. But do we have to go anywhere? Do I get to wear a suit? No. Oh, that's rubbish. I, no, actually, I think I think there is some sort of awards yeah, do there's a, there's in a London ceremony. It's in Manchester. Um, is it in Manchester? Well, that would be exciting. Yeah. Well, let's let's speech. win one then. Yeah, I'm up for yeah. it. I'm up for it now. Let's do okay, it. we're going to do it. Yeah. Um, but not without your help, dear listener. And if you're thinking yeah i love these guys i'm going to vote for them and i want to help in other ways then you can buy our tat on redbubble.com just search for wiki shuffle and you can re- leave a review on itunes as well um five stars preferably so they're all the favors that you need to do this week <laughs> that's your homework there's your homework all right bye bye even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.